Hey guys, we're here with our thanks, uh, sincere thanks to our Patreon supporter, Melissa Elliott. We've talked about her before on this podcast because guess what? She contributes $10 every month to this podcast. And if you do the same, your name will also get read on Two Girls, One Podcast. So that's it. All you have to do is contribute $10, which is like, I don't know, two lattes at Schmarbucks, okay? It's one burrito at Chipotle. It is. It is one burrito at Chipotle. Chipotle. So go to patreon.com, Two Girls, One Podcast. We're on there. Um, and, you know, every little bit helps us make this show even better for you. Patreon.com slash 2G1P. You're listening to Two Girls, One Podcast, produced by The Daily Dot, a show where the a bit too free, if I'm being honest. Recording a podcast in the nude is probably an HR violation at real companies, I assume. And now, here are your naked till they make it hosts, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Hey guys, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Uh, so to give you a little bit of quick background, Ali and I are performers, comedians. We've had a live show for a lot of years where we use the internet as our script, performing Reddit threads, Craigslist posts on stage. From there, uh, we developed um, a web series called Two Girls, One Show, where we did interviews with the people behind the posts and went on scripted adventures. And we learned that we love the interviews so much that we made this podcast. How was that, Ali? Two Girls, One Podcast. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Um, great. We have big news today. Uh, we, do, we are we doing do. this entire interview naked. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Non-sexually we are. naked. Right. Um, because we are interviewing a journalist who wrote this article called How Twitter Became the Number One Social Network for Nudists. Twitter, nudists. Bet you never thought about that. Yeah, but, I didn't um, think about that. That's true. But it makes some sense because like, Twitter obviously doesn't care what you do. Which That's is right. mostly bad, but can be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, since you learned about this, did you go on Twitter and check it out? I didn't, actually. Did you? I know, neither did I. I was like, how have I not looked at all of these nudist Twitter profiles yet? I'm really curious what... what the most popular hashtags are among the nudists. Hmm. Hashtag send nudes. <laughs> I think that that's is, more yeah. of a Tinder thing. <laughs> I'm curious what you guys think about nudism. I think it's cool. I am not into it personally um because i am insecure about my body like all women and uh i think that if i was like super hot i would never wear clothes but then a lot of nudists like they're they're all shapes i mean nudists are all shapes and sizes which is great i wish that i could be a nudist i guess what about you jen I, I have a weird thought sometimes. So we are taught, most of us, all of us, men and women, I think, to feel like shame around our naked bodies um, to some extent. And I often think like if I could just be dropped into somebody else's body for a day, almost like no matter what they look like, and I just wouldn't have like that whole lifetime of like having to deal with that body just like for a day, I, I would totally like just go nude the whole day and I'd be fine with it. I think <laughs> like be like zero shame. <laughs> But that being said, yeah, I do. I do feel a little like I. I, don't, I think going to a nudist beach would send me into flights of uh, terror. Like I just really would be scared. But I have lived alone for a long time, and I think like in the privacy of my own home, um, I'm into it. Uh, okay, so that's an interesting question, right? So, if you're a nudist, does it mean that you have to be nude in public, or could you be a nudist because at home you never wear clothes? I think it can be something very private. Just, I don't know, like hearing about these communes and things like that. I think people usually do it like in a pretty controlled setting or a pretty private setting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, are you considered a nudist if you do things around your apartment in the nude? Like nude cooking? I think, I think so. Then right? yes, I am a nudist. Right. That feels right. That feels right. <laughs> yeah. Then you are a nudist. Getting. I am a nudist. Yeah, Ali, do you do, you do things now, around Jen, your apartment? Jen, what percentage of the time in your own apartment are you naked versus clothed? <laughs> well, you know, a percentage of time that I'm here, because, you know, I, I leave the apartment most days for a good chunk of the day. But like when I'm here in the morning and at night, it's mostly I'm, I'm doing like, you know, my nightly ablutions, that sort of thing. Mostly all in the nude. I would say out of the time okay. I'm here, fifty yes. percent of the time. Okay, of of the pie, the the pie chart of time the Jen is home, fifty percent of the time naked, completely naked. Of the time. <laughs> Close. Now, 
this is a problem. I, I should have learned my lesson because so me being alone and nude in the, in the apartment has gone back to college when I had my very first apartment. And I remember I, I didn't even like my family has always been really open about just like walking around, like not really worried about <laughs> like us seeing each other in the nude sort of thing. So I think when I had my first apartment, I thought it was cool to just like do things around my room that way, you know, no clothes. Um, but I remember when we were at college, senior year, first apartment, I was doing something in in my bedroom, like, you know, in the nude. And uh, I decided to put What were we down... doing in your bedroom in the nude? <laughs> <laughs> it sorry, wasn't sorry, anything sorry. interesting. I think I was like Windexing or something. And uh, cool, I went cool. to, I realized That's my window. That's what the kids are calling it these days? Windexing. Uh-huh. I realized my blind yeah. was open. And oh, I realized the window and the blind, w- the, both the window and blind were up. So I went to close While the window. While you were Windexing. Well, yeah, it's probably going to Windex the window. So the so window's start... open and you're Windexing. This yeah, story this isn't adding up. This story, yeah. Uh, you need to Guys, I don't suspect. know if I was Windexing, okay? <laughs> I was just doing something mundane. I wasn't like, you know, availing myself unto myself. or like what I wasn't like doing anything sexual. I just... <laughs> availing myself unto myself, is that what you said? Yes. Cool, I just want to make sure someone wrote that down. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I went to go close the window and... I heard applause and it was like a number of people applauding and I looked across the way and in I forget like the old campus section of our college there were like freshmen look like crowded around their window looking into my window (laughs) boys and girls yeah and then I realized I should have learned my lesson but um, I've had a number of instances over the years of like being naked in the apartment and people seeing it (laughs) I didn't know that story but mazel tov you got applause I got applause. Yeah, you know, it was probably the most interesting thing that happened to them all evening. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like that. It, I, I'm imagining that it is a um, like a freshman um, tour, like a prospective campus tour of like, and here's here's the garden, and here's the quad, and then oh here, here's a naked person. My senior you know year, what, this Matt? is what happens to you. All of those kids went to Yale because of yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's they locked it in right there. They were like, yep, you're welcome, where do I sign? Yale. You're welcome. Jen, you should have gotten paid for that tour you gave. Commission. I know, I know. The best tour guide. You also should have opened your window that was apparently already open while you were Windexing it. Also, who Windexes their college window? This makes no sense. Because I wasn't Windexing. It was a metaphor for a mundane activity. Yeah, I'm just going to use Windex as like a catch-all now. What are you doing? I've been Windexing. (laughs) How's your day? I was Windexing this morning. Yeah, no big deal. Did you open the window, or it was already open, and say, you're welcome oh i should have you know in retrospect what i just learned the term for that term for that actually it's called like staircase staircase wit where you have like the thought when you're on the staircase leaving a place after you know it happens i would oh yeah i had no idea that there was a word for that and it makes so much sense yeah some french philosopher coined it It, it, there is a french term that's beautiful and i'm not going to butcher here but staircase wit (laughs) yeah because instead we have to use a whole phrase yeah also schadenfreude People taking pleasure at your pain. And in Spanish, I just learned that there is a word for when you wear a new outfit for, for the first time. What's that? Huh. Uh, I'm going to mess it up. But <laughs> uh, speaking of outfits, nudity. Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> hey. Oh, wait. All right. Wait, let's, let's take it back one second. So I, I, I don't think that you are abnormal, Jen, of like you, you live alone or you no live with a partner. No one abnormal. No, no, but I guess, I guess we're... Tr- <laughs> Thank you, guys. Okay. A- abnormal is the wrong word, of course. Yeah, I guess I'm sure. saying like you live alone or you live with a partner and it's the summer and you roll out of bed and you're like naked or half naked and you walk to the fridge and enjoy it. Meaning like wearing clothes kind of sucks. So it's nice to be free in your own home. Does that make you a nudist? You're saying 50% of your alone time you're nude. Does that make you a nudist? I, I no, don't know. No, she's like That's a semi-nudist. She's a, it, right. she's a half nudist. A half nudist. Yeah. Or, but I guess what I'm saying, like, that kind of just makes you normal is what I'm yeah. getting at, right? I think if it's an extension of your normal activities, like waking up in the morning, it would be different. Like if I came home and the first thing I did was like take off all my clothes. Totally, yeah. <laughs> to, to like be at home. Um, I would say that when I'm at home, I am wearing clothes 90% of the time. What? You are at <laughs> What? Really? Matt, is that not true for you? Yeah. If I'm wearing like a shirt and and slacks to a shoot or a meeting or something, and then I come home, they are instantly gone and I'm back in like shorts and t-shirts. So I'm not naked, but I'm like getting rid of the clothes from the day as soon as possible. That's, mm-hmm. that's me. And I think that's maybe a lot of people, but maybe not. Ali, you seem to be sticking with your outfits through, through the day. 
Yeah, but Matt, how? what percentage of your time at home are you naked? Fully naked? Fully naked. Well, I'm in the shower for three to four hours of the day, so <laughs> uh, it's a good That's chunk. all that hair you got to wash. <laughs> Matthew, I think you're avoiding the question. When you are home, what percentage of that time is completely naked? No, very little, but I will say that um, we have young kids, and it is important to us as a household and a family that, like no one should be ashamed of their body. So like if we're like hopping in out of the shower or we're getting dressed, there's no like closing the door or wrapping in towels. It's just sort of like we can move about the house freely in pursuit of our morning routines or our clothes and no one is hiding or, or ashamed of our bodies, especially in front of our kids because that is just an important thing to us. But there really is no like we're hanging out all naked. Uh, yeah. th that's not really a thing in our okay, house. Okay, so but... what percentage are you clothed? <laughs> I mean... Because I said wait, I'm 90% clothed. clothed. Oh, 90% clothed? Yeah, I mean, I guess I am. I guess I am 90% clothed. Uh, but like on a hot evening, if I'm coming home from a from a shoot or a meeting and I'm wearing a dress shirt, like I'm not keeping that dress shirt on uh, in a, on a hot summer day. That is instantly off. Work clothes are off and I'm shirts, uh, you know, shorts and a t-shirt, maybe like no shirt on a hot day, but not like totally nude. That's me. Right. So like yeah. what you're saying is you're wearing clothes. I, I guess so. Okay. So you're not nude. I, I guess I'm not a nudist. <laughs> okay. So Matt is clothed like 90, 95% of the time. 98.9% of the time. <laughs> of the time. <laughs> right. And yeah. I, I wear pajamas to sleep. So I'm basically only naked when I'm in the shower. Um, actually, I wear clothes in the shower. So I'm a never nude. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of... Speaking of never nudes is a community that we tried to interview for this podcast. But oh my it turns god, that's out true. It's mostly just Arrested Development and not actually in real life. Uh, oh man, what did we looked into never nudes? Tobias <laughs> Funk wore like jean shorts underneath everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little extreme. Yes. Jean He's shorts. He's never nude. I mean, He's never nude. Not just underwear. Um, Although, did yeah. they ever answer in the series like how they conceived a child if he is never nude? <laughs> I don't remember. We'll have to go back Probably, and watch. He did some like furry action. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe oh, too where he like cuts a hole. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everybody, sorry, sorry, if you're not throwback. sure, if you're not sure where time out, listen back to episode one. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So Jen, on, on the Two Girls One podcast spectrum, Jen is nude. Matt is yeah. mostly clothed and I am a never nude. Oh, he's a okay. never nude. <laughs> Alright. So I'm a normal. Just wanted to make sure. No, you're not a normal. <laughs> I'm a normie. No, JK, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're normal. That's like the worst thing to be, Matt. You're normal. Hey, Ugh, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> uh sidebar, go back and listen to our podcast episode, Is It Normal? And you'll find out more about whether or not That's it's normal fine. and if it's okay to be normal. I'm just plugging Ellie, the shows. Hmm? Ellie, do you remember that really weird but inspiring photo shoot we did where we practically got nude do you do you remember this uh we uh, which had one? Uh, like a spiritual <laughs> okay good good question um <laughs> this i forget what it was called but we were taking like a spiritual deep dive uh we were having some consulting done on our image and brand yeah, and where yeah, we yeah. were heading yeah ali's last name is goldberg mine's jamula oh, so we one. had this idea i thought we agreed we would we never wanted... talk about that again <laughs> we had this idea to cover Allie in gold and me in jam. Now, I want you to know, <laughs> actually, that in a fucked up way, Jen looked like super sexy, but it kind of looked like you were like covered in blood. I just looked. It looked like I had like, eaten a diseased. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jen, Jen was a man eater, but I was like jaundiced. <laughs> it looked like The Simpsons or something. It was so yeah, it weird. was not cool. I, it was not both, cool. Yeah. <laughs> The concept. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, awesome. was this for was this for a gig or something, or just no, like you decided to just for, hire a photographer? Well, for Gold Jam. Gold Jam is our mm -hmm. uh, company name for the workshops that we teach, and we thought maybe it would be funny, but it wasn't funny, and so we decided yeah. we were never going to talk about it again. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't plan to talk about it. It just uh, popped just into happened. my head. Just I look at that Dude. picture every day. <laughs> Before you go to bed. Yeah, I do. When I'm new. Spank, spank. Do you need a workshop for your corporate employees? Here's two naked people with jam on them. They should hire them. Well, okay. To be That's fair, we, we, were, we were doing a photo shoot for something else, and those photos were awesome. And we were like, while we're here, let's try out this thing that we've been joking about forever, which is I'm covered in gold and you're covered in jam, Jamula yeah. and Goldberg. So it wasn't like we Guys. had a specific... <laughs> session <laughs> in which we decided know, to do this atrocious idea but, we were there for other you know, reasons the world, and in the midst of that covered jen and jelly 
Sometimes things should just stay a joke or an idea and not be translated <laughs> to reality. And we learned, we learned that, that important lesson. lesson. We did. Wiser we did. words were never spoken. A lot of people <laughs> should heed that advice. <laughs> All right, y'all. All right, guys. Well, uh, I had a segue earlier because we were talking about children and nudism. Oh God. Okay. And that was going to perfectly segue into my... not appropriate. Get out of here. Children. Wait, wait, guy. I'm sorry. Oh, remember? Context. You got to hear the context. No, remember? What was his brony name? But we decided it sounded like he was a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> it was like father father gamer father clock right and, the, and then there was something about pedophilia so we're back there with uh, hey, nudity and children what could go wrong well cool. hear me out hear me out today's trivia is not about nude children but it is related the question is what famous children's author also wrote one book for grown-ups which was all about nudism oh man i have an idea okay you do should get choices. I, should I just unless, say it? Um, unless you want to say it, then that would be like... I feel like it was Roald Dahl, because he was just messed up in all sorts of ways. But right. anyway, yeah. Okay. Oh. I'm sorry to say that's not even on the list, but that would have been an awesome <laughs> fake choice for me to put on there. All right. All right. Let's hear it. A famous children's author who wrote one book for grown-ups about nudism. Was it A, Dr. Seuss? Of course, we all know who Dr. Seuss is. B, Norman Bridwell, who you guys may not know by name, I happen to know him, uh, the author of Clifford the Big Red Dog, a very popular book in my, my household. I recall that book. Or C, Margaret Wise Brown, of course, the author of Goodnight Moon. I'm going with Clifford the Big Red Dog. That shit is kinky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is tough, Matt. Wait, what was what was the first option? First option was Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, okay. Dr. Seuss, Bridwell, If it's Dr. Or... Seuss, my, my world has changed. I know. <laughs> and, and just to remind, this was not a book intended for children or involving children in any way. It was like, hey, I'm a famous uh, children's author. I want to like take a left turn and, and do something different. And it was a book about nudism specifically. Not just like naked people, but like nudism as a, as a lifestyle. I feel like that's got to was... be Clifford and the Big Red Dog. It's got to be. I mean, was this person a nudist? They must have been. Um, I don't know. I don't know that Unclear. for sure. And, and that was not part of the, the research. It, it is just that they, they wrote the book. Okay. I'm ashamed to say I don't know these two authors. The, the second two, I don't know at all. So it's kind of hard. <sighs> but I like Jen, Ellie's he wrote reasoning. A do- he wrote, yeah, he wrote a book kinky. about Big Red Dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's about Sounds furries like for sure. You know the you know the books, right? I mean, Goodnight Moon is is a classic. Uh, you're not familiar with it? No, I, I know it. I mean, it was after my time, but <laughs> right. I know it. Yeah, and Clifford is just like a girl who owns a giant dog, and it like gets into trouble, but he's a good dog, and like everyone loves him. Like that's the whole Clifford thing. It really, I don't know any rhyme or reason except that a big red dog is kind of kinky. So let's do it. <laughs> B, I'll go with Allie. Okay, two answers for B. Norman Bridwell, the author of Clifford. We will find out the correct answer after the break. And now a real help wanted advertisement entitled "Artist to Help Create Pop Tarts Mural in Grand Rapids." from the website where Andy Warhol got all of his inspiration, Craigslist. I love Pop-Tarts. Why has no one made a mural with this delicious snack food that is perfect for breakfast or a tasty treat? I want to change that and create a work of art that everyone can admire. I will supply the Pop-Tarts. You create the artwork. I, I, I can't pay for this project as I will be taking out a small loan to fund the Pop-Tarts. If you interested, please respond with your idea and preferred Pop-Tart flavors, please. No chocolate sprinkles. I dislike that flavor. Jen, if you were going to make a pop-up art installation out of Pop-Tarts, because I think that pop-up Pop-Tart, what would it be? I would create a, a house that um, you could watch me, like Marina Abramovich, like you would come watch me live in the house. But the goal would be that I had to eat my way out of the house. <laughs> okay, so... I'd watch it. I don't know, Jen. Part of, me, part of me really thinks that's brilliant. And then part of me feels like, isn't that just it's a gingerbread psychotic. house? 
<laughs> that is psychotic a, did that, not occur to me. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, what you piece know of, why that's hard? You know why it's hard? Because you, you eat more than two Pop-Tarts and you're like sick to your stomach. It's so sweet and disgusting. So like it would take you weeks to actually get out if you had yeah. to eat your way out. It, it might, I, okay. It's a challenge. I like it's it. It's also kind of like a magic trick. Yes. You know I what agree. I want to see? I want to see, see David Blaine. Yep. I want to see him buried <laughs> in Pop-Tarts and a camera just facing it. Nobody even knows where he is in this mountain of Pop-Tarts and he has to eat his way out. He has to eat his way out. Also, because he he's it. done all those like freaky ass things where he like. No, you saw when him, I right? saw him, Yeah, when I saw him, he <laughs> emptied his stomach and put a gold. He says he like turns his stomach into aquarium and he keeps fish down there and then he vomits them up for the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is psychotic. I, I, bet, I, like, I bet PETA loves him. But they must. <laughs> what What would you do? What would you build out of Pop-Tarts? Well, I mean, my apartment, um, it's already lined with Pop-Tarts. So, <laughs> so that's why walls. I have so many bug problems if you listen oh, back to that episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> We JK, had somebody freak guys. out on Twitter JK. about the bug episode. Yeah. I know. He was like, of all I, your episodes, this one I clicked out. And I was like, okay. All, cool. Really? I feel like we've done way worse than bugs, but I hear ya. I hear ya. It can, it can, be, it can bring out some PTSD for some people. Matt, what would you build out of Pop-Tarts? Easy. Pixel art. Oh. It would be like a mural of like retro oh, well, video game art. Well, you're taking the art. question seriously. Oh, that's not fun. No, no. But that's, that's like... <laughs> really fun like every uh, pop tart is a pixel you know they'd have to be more square though it can't be rectangles and then you make like uh you know sonic the hedgehog no we get on it. the subway wall I-, I love it guys you let us know what would you build out of pop tarts oh why don't we build a podcast a home in central park and then airbnb it out oh <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah make back the money from the pop tarts that's right yeah. <laughs> yep and you know instead of supplying tea and coffee we're just like well have a wall you know what i mean <laughs> the real question to me is what flavor oh uh they're all gross so i have no preference i know <laughs> isn't there a s'mores flavor i think that might be the one yeah oh you're Matt's correct like, no uh you're correct. if you had that's to choose one. one s'mores is the only one that's worth yeah your time i ate them as a kid and uh that's the one do you guys remember hot? Po- no, not hot pockets. What were those things called? You that were like pop tarts, but they were like flakier, and you put icing Toast, on it. Toaster strudels, baby. Toaster That's strudels. where it's at. Yeah, that was. I don't think up. I've ever had that, but I am thinking of pop of uh, hot pockets now, and that that guy who fucked a hot pocket. <laughs> what? And like posted know. about it on Twitter, and it went super viral. But I don't think we I should interview that. him because he fucked a pop tart. I mean, a hot pocket. <laughs> fair, that's where fair. you draw the line yeah yeah that's where i draw the line although hot pocket yeah. is one of the many names for my vagina <laughs> for related reasons anywho well trivia. would you like to know the trivia answer yes yes today's episode is about nudists and nudism and the trivia question is about a very famous children's author who said oh, fuck it i want to make a book for grown-ups about nudity. For grown-ups about nudity. <laughs> yeah. A, Dr. Seuss. B, Norman Bridwell, known for Clifford the Big Red Dog. Or not C, Norman Rockwell. Margaret. Sorry, not, not Norman Rockwell. Rockwell. No. Different. That, Different. No, that is, Different. He, he would We're talking never. about art. Yeah, okay. Correct, correct. Uh, and C was Margaret Wise Brown, known for her, dare I say, one-hit wonder, Good Night Moon. I'm making a lot <laughs> of shit for that. I, know, I, just said the, I just said a terrible thing. People yeah, are gonna, that really that's, hate on me for that that's messed up all right uh you guys both went with b uh Clifford. b is for bridwell yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is a dr seuss no, no. that was the number no one that i didn't think it was why doesn't everybody mm-hmm. know this dr seuss wrote rhymes. a book about nudists I felt the same way. Like, why isn't this more well-known? Uh, I had the same reaction. Uh, he wrote a book called... a. Pu- and let me clarify. It was a published book. Like, his publisher put it out in the world. Uh, the Seven Lady Godivas, colon, The True Facts Concerning History's Barest Family. Uh, so, I guess uh, he actually changed publishers in 1939. Um, and he asked the new one if he could... Oh, I guess one of the stipulations was, like, I'll go with you as a new publisher... Uh, this was Random House. If you let me, 
publish one book for adults. You got to let me do one. And the publisher was like, you're Dr. Fucking Seuss. Like, of course, we'll let you do anything you want, I assume. Um, and he wrote this book and illustrated it in the classic Dr. Seuss style that you would definitely recognize. Uh, it's based on the legend of Lady Godiva, who, according to myth, like rode naked on a horse through Coventry, England, after her husband, who was a, you know an earl or something, he refused to lower taxes or something. This is some legend from, I don't know if it's the Middle Ages or the Renaissance or something, but Lady Godiva is a very famous figure. And so he wrote this, uh, wrote and illustrated a book about this family that just went nude out of in protest of whatever. And it's this beautiful, whimsical uh, Dr. Seuss book with a bunch of naked women in it. And they're not like, it's not explicit, but like it's these cartoony uh, naked drawings and Wait, apparently uh, it's where peeping tom came from what what meaning what i mean i couldn't help but look it up <laughs> well, mm -hmm. <laughs> when you said that and it says there's a character peeping tom who's peered out and then is struck blind uh, specific to the dr seuss book or in the book uh, uh, in, in the lady in godiva book, myth in the lady godiva uh, in the dr seuss book i'm not sure but maybe it's also okay. the myth okay uh, unclear. It would yeah, be cool says, if Dr. Seuss like kind of coined it. I think he might have. It says the humorous story is based on the Lady Godiva legend. Uh, blah blah blah. The citizens of Coventry were ordered to remain indoors, shuttered as she rode. But one man, Peeping Tom, peered out and was then struck blind. Got it. All right. So that must be the uh, the legend, not the Dr. Seuss uh, version. But that is pretty cool. Wow, guys. I really. I wish we had some of the text right now. Oh, that's what I was looking for, so we could read it. Totally, yeah. totally. Now, this was was interesting to me. Only twenty five hundred sold. Like it was not of interest or to anyone really at the time. So it was a bit, basically a flop. Um, and I would have thought that they would go for a lot of money. Like the, a very rare Dr. Seuss book that only like two thousand copies were made. Like I would have thought like yeah, ten thousand dollars. But like you can, you can grab one for like a hundred bucks on Amazon if you really wanted it. Like what? collectors seem to seem to want it, but it's not a big ticket item. Wait, it's That's on shocking. Amazon My for twenty five bucks. God. Oh really? Grab it. Yeah, hardcover. It. Twenty twenty four ninety nine. Seven Lady Godivas. Boom. Prime. By Dr. Seuss. Oh my god. It's not prime, so <laughs> no, for, forget it. So fuck Forget that. about it. Well that was wow, quite Matt, that's the fascinating. Fun fact. I'm gonna go down that wor internet wormhole later, as I already Me started too. to do. We can't help ourselves. Well, speaking of uh, nudity, it's time, right? Is she coming? It is time. She's she's here. We're really excited now to have with us Taylor Lorenz, who's a staff writer at The Atlantic, uh, who covered the nudist on Twitter. Welcome, Taylor. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for joining us. Are you wearing any clothes? Uh, yes. <laughs> Currently. Okay. Because we're What not. are you wearing right now? <laughs> I'm just wearing a black dress. Okay. okay. Allie, that's cool. a really cool. creepy cool. question. <laughs> okay. It's that's so why funny I asked because it. I, I was wondering, like, when I was doing a lot of these interviews, I was like, I feel like this person is probably buck naked right now, but that's okay. <laughs> probably. I mean, I think an interview would be the number one thing that I would do naked, you know? Right. Lay down, yeah. very little physical activity, no risks involved. Yeah. You're just talking and, naked. I mean, we had the whole idea for, like, a, a video interview series in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I love the idea of like getting famous people and just like you're all blurred out and everybody's just like hanging out yeah. naked asking questions. And the then you make equalizer. a lot of jokes about how you're just getting to like the raw truth of things. But <laughs> this is not Anyhow, about our weird it's not about us. that we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you become interested in this? Does this have anything to do with your personal background or like what led you no. here? <laughs> okay. I didn't know anything about nudists. I, it's so funny. I was on another show last week and they were asking me like, how do you find these stories? And they were like going through all my stories. Like, how would you find this one? How'd you find this one? And I'm like, I literally don't know. I go down a lot of weird internet rabbit holes. Like this guy who I'm like kind of internet friends with, like he's helped me on other stories. He's like a meme type person. And he posted this thing to his Instagram story like a month ago that was a screenshot of this guy who had like tweeted at him. And the bio was like, I like, I think his Twitter bio was like, I'm a bisexual pagan nudist, like here to share my hashtag nudes or something. And I, I just like laughed at it. And then I was like, I'm going to go see this guy's feed. And I like, cause I was curious, like, you know, what, what this guy was tweeting. And he, first of all, he's tweeting like really explicit nudity, but the, or not explicitly, you know, not sexual, but he's definitely a nudist. Right. And I noticed him retweeting all these other nudists. So I DM'd a few of them and I was like, 
what's with this like community? Like, why are you guys all so active? They're like crazy active on Twitter. And a few of them um, just responded to me and they were like, this is our only social network. Like we've been kicked on off all these others and stuff. And, you know, I write about technology. And so I just, I was interested in sort of like the way different terms of services can like, or different like community guidelines on these platforms can set it, sort of like foster different communities within them. And so I just thought that I would write about it. So, yeah. So some serious investigative journalism. <laughs> like yeah, it. it's usually me up at like 3 a.m. on a meme account. Like, oh, like this looks weird. Looking at nudes. Gonna... Yeah, me too, yeah. me too. Yeah. That's our life, yeah. <laughs> so in your research on this particular topic, were there surprising things that you found that were pretty universal in these platforms guidelines regarding nudity yeah so i mean it's it's crazy now i'm like so you know down for the cause it's like when i wrote about juggalos and then i was like i'm ready to like now fight for them against the fbi like i'm like this is so unfair Uh like like these people are being persecuted and it's i mean it's it's interesting because i think that um you know social platforms have this really sort of like puritan um view on nudity and i mean i understand sort of like I guess, protecting kids from, you know, sexual content. But so much of it is um, is sort of overboard or enforced in really subjective and unfair ways. I mean, the most classic example, which I think a lot of people are familiar with, is like Instagram's just archaic like nipple guidelines. Um, I think it was the model Rain Dove. She's sort of a gender fluid model um, who... I think she did some sort of campaign on Instagram recently to sort of like prove this point. But basically, I mean, a lot of these platforms just... They censor women more than men. Um, they are much more likely to view women's bodies as sexualized um, versus men's. And it's just, it's really unfair. And especially for nudists who, um, you know, their whole thing is sort of just like promoting bodily acceptance and promoting acceptance of the human form. Like, they're just restricted on a lot of these places. Taylor, I'm curious to know how these platforms are defining sexual versus non-sexual nudity or how the, the nudist community at large is sort of identifying that for themselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the nudist community at large has a very nuanced understanding of, you know, sort of sexual versus non-sexual nudity. I mean, sexual is sort of like people that are engaged in sex acts, you know, it would be like somebody with an erection or, you know, it sort of posed, posed, um, doing something sexual to somebody else, you know? Um, so when we're talking non-sexual nudity, what's, what are the most popular activities? Because I understand that erection, sexual, gardening, yeah. non-sexual, house gardening plumbing, with an non-sexual, <laughs> gardening with an erection is sexual, Jennifer. Okay. Got but, it. It's ecosexual. Oh, that's true. Mm, true. Okay, yes. I think, sorry, I just want to say something else on that is that, like, a lot of times it's these platforms are defining what's sexual and non sexual. So, you know, while it's very clear to the community, um, especially the nudist community, like, you know, those differences, um, a lot of platforms will just sort of adopt a blanket um, restrictions around nudity in general, and they don't actually make that distinction between sexual and non sexual. And I think that's a problem. And that's one of the things that, um, you know, sort of nudists want. Unfortunately, too, it's so subjective and often it's women's bodies, young women's bodies that are sexualized um, and, and not men. So they're sort of like unduly punished. I mean, that's also the, it goes back to the Instagram example. Go figure. Women are punished and held to a higher standard than men. Interesting. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, so Taylor, what sort of things are they sharing uh, besides photos and is it things around body acceptance or yeah. what are... Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's it's a lot of photos. And um, the reason that they share so many photos, because these people's streams are just like, I mean, it's 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 stream it's streams of naked photos. And they said that uh, the people I spoke to said that um, the reason they share so many photos is because they really want to sort of like promote the human form and um, acceptance of it and, and have people, you know, get comfortable with looking at like non-sexualized nudes, I guess. Um, and a lot of, you know, the sort of more like written content they share is around body acceptance, body positivity. I mean, these are people that are, a lot of them are very into naturalism and nature and, um, you know, they're very into sort of humans as part of the earth and, you know, one of God's creatures and, and sort of we're born nude and, you know, it's fine to go around nude. And so it's a lot of stuff like that. Some of it's also about, you know, local nudist meetups or, vacation communities for nudists or, you know, sort of tips on things like that. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, it's photos. 
In my memory, uh, just like growing up, you would always hear about nudist communes. <laughs> and it sounds like this is sort of like the modern day nudist commune. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I had sort of like put it that that's a really good line that I wish I had used in my story, um, like how Twitter became the modern day nudist commune, because that's so true. Like, that's basically what it is. I mean, I think like, unfortunately, you know, with Twitter, there are trolls. And um, so, you know, a commune is sort of like this, this sort of Space, safe space for nudism. And, you know, while the community is very accepting and, and sort of like in its own bubble on Twitter, um, sometimes trolls do infiltrate and that can be kind of, I think, frustrating for them. Yeah, that's what's really surprising to me because the internet can be a dark and scary place. And even if I was just doing it for body positivity, I feel like Twitter is the last place I would want to post a nude just because people could take it and run with it. Yeah. I mean, I think this community has been very isolated from sort of the broader, awful parts of Twitter. Uh, But, uh, you know, there are a lot of women. How? How? I I think that it's just not on people's radars. And I I have no idea. I mean, I think that people going for searching for nudity or searching for more explicit nudity. So if they come across sort of the wrinkly old guy, you know, gardening with his, you know, dick out, they're kind of like not engaging with it, I guess. Some people do make rude comments and some nudists have locked down their accounts since. Again, it's mostly the female nudists that suffer, um, specifically young female nudists, you know, being called um, really derogatory terms or you're a whore, you're a slut, like things like that um, to them for sharing nudes. And that's once again, because their bodies are over, are being sexualized. Um, but yeah, it's it's a sort of amazing that they're, I mean, they're, they have experienced a decent amount of harassment. They're very, very kind and accepting people. So they're not like the kind of people starting Twitter wars. Like they're very much like going to sort of like most of them I spoke to are just like, oh, ignore it. Like they're so used to like people in real life hating on them and people in real life misunderstanding them and people in real life judging them. And um, so I think they're kind of, I don't know, more zen about it. Mm-hmm. Are most of them the people that you met using their real names on Twitter? Um, it's very 50-50, I would say. I mean, I don't even know if it's totally, I don't know the exact split. The people that I spoke to is around 50-50. Um, most of the people, I mean, I spoke to a lot of people on background who didn't want to be directly quoted. Um, but uh, it, it very much depends. I mean, unfortunately, these people's lifestyle is stigmatized so much to the fact that, you know, um, I know there was one person who teaches, you know, younger younger people, you know, younger children who was was scared about being fired from their job. Um, it, you know, if if this, you know, part of his lifestyle was to get out and, you know, there are other people in sort of more public um, facing positions who uh, practice nudism at home, maybe, and, and sometimes outside in their own backyard, but they don't, you know, they feel like if this got out, it would be damaging. And I think that, again, goes back to the stigma that we have around it. Um, so, you know, that that's another really positive thing. Twitter doesn't have any kind of like real name policy. It's not tied to your real identity the way that, you know, Instagram and Facebook. So, you know, so much more so um, have been. So it's they can really kind of be themselves anonymously until they're ready to make themselves known. What is the community doing to protect women in the sense that you were saying that it's a lot harder for the young, younger women? And of course, like people don't really bother the men the same way. Is the community doing anything to help with that? I mean, yes, they're very, um, they're very supportive of their own people. I mean, of their own, they're supportive of other nudists. They're also supportive of people who want to learn more about nudism. I mean, it's unfortunately, they can't do much to protect these women. I mean, a lot of what happens to these women is they'll see their photos stolen. You know, a, a nudist will, you know, she'll post a picture of herself, a nude photo of herself online, you know, non-sexual, but because she's a young, maybe attractive woman, she'll, that photo will be taken and put up on, you know, some, the dark web or, or, you know, some other site or shared among, you know, like, you know, places where they trade sexualized content. And so in that sense, there's not much they can do to protect them. I mean, I think that the, the broader thing that they try to communicate is that all bodies are equal and okay. And, um, you know, shouldn't be sexualized. So I think they they sort of try to protect through the message, but yeah, I mean, they're also very supportive, you know, of, of the women in the community. They're sensitive to the, to their struggles and, but yeah, a lot of the, the a lot of the most active nudists on Twitter are older middle-aged men. Interesting. <laughs> because yeah. they suffer the least stigma. They suffer the least stigma. Huh. Do you think there are other reasons or it's just the stigma? I think that's the main reason. I mean, having talked to a lot of people in the community at, at length about it, I think that that's a huge part of it. Um, I also think that, you know, men, I mean, they, they think, I, don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say they have more bodily comfort, confidence, but I think they're just punished less. Like, I mean, a lot of the women that I spoke to said, said that they would be sort of more unfairly, like a naked picture of a man is not seen as 
problematic sometimes as like a, a naked photo of a woman or, or whatever. Um, and it takes a while, you know, it takes a lot to sort of like be comfortable and out and, and, you know, out with your body and okay with, with yourself. And, and I hate to say that women aren't like that, but I do think that society puts pressure on women in different ways. And so sometimes it can be harder to kind of like maybe draw them into the, the sort of out nudist community. Um, I'm not totally sure, but that's what I would speculate. Totally. But don't you also think there's an element of just dudes love having their dicks on the internet? Like, I hate to say it. I think there are a lot of well-intentioned people, but I think dudes love putting their dicks on the internet. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely think that's true. I mean, I think it's not true for a lot of the people that I spoke to that are so earnest, like they're so earnest. Um, but definitely some, definitely some. Yeah. I mean, that's, I just think they, yeah, I don't know. Guys like to show it off, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. As the only guy in the room, I, I just want to say on the record, I have no interest in doing that. Thanks. Um, that yeah, the lady doth protest too much, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Fair enough. Taylor, what do you think these platforms should do? What would be a guideline that you suggest? Because I understand that you know it could derail so quickly that it's kind of easier for them to just blanket statement right no nudity and i think i mean with a lot of restriction i or i think with a lot of i mean once you start getting into nuances those nuances are unfairly you know applied um so i kind of understand some of the blanket restrictions but i think the first thing that these platforms need to do is stop distinguishing between male and female nipples i mean that just seems like such an archaic um messed up, awful, you know, way to police women's bodies. Um, I I think, you know, especially I know a lot of trans people have spoken out on this. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's number one. I mean, in terms of like sort of displaying, uh, I guess, like more sensitive content. I mean, I think Twitter's policies are are pretty decent in the sense that like they put a warning label, you know, they'll they'll over some sensitive content. If you have the sensitive content filters on, you know, you can kind of toggle it on and you'll you'll see, um, you know, it'll be grayed out and it will say this this displays sensitive material. So you just have to opt in and click into that. So I think giving users control like that um, is is another really good way to kind of, um, I guess, like, you know, give users there's more um, more control. But I, I think it's hard. I mean, no platform wants their whole, you know, platform to devolve into porn, um, which I don't know, seems like everything on the internet eventually does. Um, so I can understand some of the guidelines. I think the nipple guidelines, though, are, are insane and, and should be revoked. Yeah, I mean, the internet was founded on porn. So yes, <laughs> there's that. I don't know if it's just taking it back to its roots, but yeah, I mean, I think like porn makes its way to every platform, it seems like. Like, you know, I guess eventually it's just, I, I don't know, it's just human nature to define that. I mean, I think like what I think what these nudists have pro- proven, though, is like some of the hypocrisy um, in, in, in the way that, um, you know, platforms do sort of like, I guess, stigmatize different types of bodies. And I think also, um, I mean, I do think that their movement towards sort of um, acceptance and body acceptance um, is positive. You know, we've also seen on Instagram over polices fat bodies, you know, women's bodies that are more curvy or more sexualized and they'll, you know, be restricted or they'll have their images taken down if they're in a skimpy bikini, but we'll see a very thin woman, you know, have no problem. So I I think that the less, you know, these platforms um, police women's bodies, the, the, the better. I mean, it seems like a really positive step for us, especially in this country, I think, to promote the human form in, in such a healthy way. So I'm just curious, like, did you get any sense of from talking to these people? Like, why are we so afraid of the human of, of the naked body? <laughs> what, why do people stigmatize it so much? I mean, I think it's completely cultural. I mean, there's so many other cultures where the human body is not stigmatized in the same way or, you know, there's different, obviously, aesthetic preferences that are sexualized or non-sexualized. I think that accepting the human form is just more positive, like I said, because it helps you sort of like view everyone, I guess, accept everyone and accept all the different forms that we have. Um, unfortunately, our culture pushes this, yeah, this this very like old fashioned um, view of, of things where, you know, we need to be covered up or um, I don't know, it could be too disturbing or tempting for someone to see on the internet, you know, so you have to be covered up or you have to, you can't show your nipple or you can't, you know, be obese and wearing a bikini, um, things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like, they think we're going to implode if we see a nipple or something yeah. like we can't it's, handle it's it. Crazy. I, I, mean, I do explode when I see nipples. I just spontaneously you combust. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think one thing a couple of these Nudos spoke about that I think is also, you know, interesting is I was reading about different labioplasties that women have to make their, you know, I guess, uh, vaginas oh, like, so seem, look more normal. Yeah, and, you know, um, it's funny, I think I saw, you know, just more naked people ever in the past, like, reporting out this story, but it's just amazing how, you know, different and unique everyone's bodies are, and I think that when this one sort of, like, view, especially of women's bodies, this is pushed, um, it makes people who don't adhere to those standards feel um, marginalized and, and and have, you know, self-confidence issues sometimes and, or you know, feel bad about themselves or feel like they're not normal, and so I think the more healthy human bodies we can show... Um, the better and not healthy, you know, just humans. Right, yeah, right. it's interesting because I think for the most part, the internet has really made this whole situation worse, right? Like, I'm so glad I didn't have the internet in middle school. Like, it didn't even occur to me, like, what certain parts of my body should look like, especially, like, my vagina. I don't know. It just, like, oh, yeah. that was because nobody's putting it on the table, you know what I mean? So Same. then the internet I... put it out there. Yeah, I mean, I think the internet has been positive, Um in some ways, I mean, in some ways, you're right. Like, I guess we all kind of, I mean, me too. Like, I definitely never saw porn or anything until I was, like, out of college. So I never, you know, like, you, I, I don't know what it would be like to be exposed um, to, to something like that when you're so young. I think it's probably um, does have negative impact in terms of body image. But I, I also see how it could be very positive in the sense that you're just exposed to more different human forms, like in terms of there's more nudity available on the internet than ever now. So hopefully um, you can sort of get that diversity. But I think when, when platforms make restrictions like this, you don't see that, you know, it restricts diversity and, and then it causes people to kind of feel bad about themselves. How does this vary from country to country? Because we hear that Europe is way more chill on the nudity and nipples, but these platforms, you know, I think the policies are the same across countries. Did you look into that at all? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Uh, yes, Europe is much more chill. I spoke to one um, naturalist too. I think he lived in Sweden and spent most of the year naked. And I was like, it's freezing up there. What are you doing? But, um, you know, he was saying too that his community and his sort of like local community was very accepting. Um, I, I, you know, I think that I think that again, um, you know, as these platforms like look to you know, sort of scale um, broadly across the world, they're going to need to confront different cultural expectations around around nudity because I mean, there's many um, different nations too where you know females, you know, breasts are non-sexualized as much, and um, and just yeah, there's different sort of like expectations. I mean, there are also a lot of countries that are more restrictive than us, obviously. Um, you know, certain certain Muslim nations and certain, you know, nations in Southeast Asia have very sort of strict laws against nudity or public nudity or porn and things like that. So I, you know, I don't know in my ideal world, I would like the platforms to be more open or at least more fair um, towards male and female bodies. But um, I, I think it's something that, that they're grappling with. And these nudists are forcing them to grapple with it too. So in what ways have the nudists uh, made progress with their nudist agenda? Well, I don't know that the nudists have made progress. I think that they've helped these companies sort of recognize their hypocrisy. Um, so I guess that's progress in the sense of awareness. I think that, I mean, I guess the biggest progress they've made is in terms of awareness. Um, but, you know, they haven't successfully gotten Instagram or Facebook to reverse their policies. Um, but I do think that they've made headway in, in terms of um, broadening awareness about some of the um, hypocrisy these tech companies um, have, you know, when it comes to their um, guidelines around nudity. And has doing this research changed your views on either nudism or on Twitter? And I know, you know, it's Twitter's famous for uh, its commitment to free speech, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this is just a whole other take on it. So has it changed any of your personal views on any of this? Um, I mean, it's given. It's funny. Doing this story, before I went into this story, like I had no idea. I, I basically knew nothing about nudism. Um, and so when I saw that thing on my friend's Instagram story, I was like, oh, like what what is this you know um like a lot of people i think that we don't really you know it, the nudism is not something we think about on a daily basis um but um but it's given me an enormously positive view of the community i mean i think it's wonderful what these people are doing um i really support them um they're really you know i think so often they're made a punchline um which is so unfair i guess it's also given me a slightly more positive view on twitter in the sense that twitter does the bare minimum to kind of not restrict these people. I mean, look, I very much support free speech. Un 
I mean, very vehemently, but as I mean, as a journalist, I think we all do. But, um, you know, Twitter has just a disgusting amount of harassment. Um, it's it's awful. I mean, it's personally just been so damaging to myself, uh, you know, just some of the harassment I've experienced on a daily basis on Twitter. And so I think that, you know, I hope that Twitter can do a better job of policing that. You know, I hope that especially as the nudist community grows and grows in prominence, um, you know, in the media and, and within the Twitter sort of larger Twitter sphere that, um, that, that Twitter can protect them from some of the awful parts. You know, unfortunately, most of Twitter is just a cesspool these days. So. I still don't have a very positive view of Twitter, except I have a positive view of this community on Twitter. Right, right. We hear you. <laughs> we totally hear Twitter you. It's sucks. a cesspool of humanity. <laughs> it sucks. I don't understand. I, we need someone to replace it. It's awful. Every yeah. day it's awful. It makes me miserable every day. Oh, so. no. <laughs> you should not go on it then. You should just call us. <laughs> have to go on it for my job, but I, uh-huh. I, um, but it's funny. I, I really love finding these like bright spots on Twitter. Like I really, you know, I love finding these like positive communities because it does give me hope. <laughs> well, you should listen to all of our episodes then, because that's what we're doing. We're yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> well, thank you so much for speaking with us. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry that you're wearing clothes. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Non-sexually, I'm sorry that you're wearing clothes right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we we live in uh, we live in. A, the word for people who wear clothes is textiles. That's what. Oh call yeah, I read clothes, that. So. I love that. Yeah, I'm a textile. Yeah, for I'm, the most part. I'm still a textile, but I am um, a supporter for the for the nudist cause. <laughs> well, we've joined you. We have. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bye, Dylan. Thanks, guys. Bye. What I'm really struck by here is that this is sort of like she was saying, like a hopeful thing on this platform. It's actually kind of like nudism feels like it's the perfect use for this particular platform that can be so negative. And I I know like you and I have experienced that ourselves, but I can only imagine what some of these young women posting naked photos of themselves are going through in terms of trolling. So, yeah, I mean, my, my only issue with it is just like I can't imagine it being safe like I just imagine all kinds of dudes taking photos of women and making the memes and jerking off to them and doing whatever they want like it just you know what I mean like I just can't get past that dark side but I guess if you're putting yourself on a public platform then you know like even like when people text nudes to each other we we say like oh you know that's maybe not a good idea to like put your we're in the cloud (laughs) in the world you know and they are publishing it so yeah I I think about that now too. And like, I talk about that with my friends who are in relationships, like sending those things. And I mean, yeah, like anybody can really get a hold of that. It feels like once it's been captured. So yeah, like even one-on-one feels risky. Feels a little risky. Jen means, I'm sorry to say, I'm going to stop sending you nudes of myself. (laughs) Gosh, I apologize. I know, I know. We'll have to do that on our own I live for those nudes. I know. It was like every morning, that's how I started my day with that shot of dopamine, just Allie's nipple. Just a close-up of a nipple. That's all. An old-school argument about what's sexual and what's not sexual and, like, the free the nipple movement. But it is interesting to me to think how much we sexualize women's nipples versus not men's not at all. Like, what is that about? Nothing is sexy about a nipple, in my opinion. Or, like, everything is sexy, know. but you can't differentiate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Are, I don't know. Are you into the nips? No. I mean, what do you mean? Do you want to clarify that question? <laughs> <laughs> are they sexual or non-sexual to you or is it well, completely I mean, contextual it's true that, like i think part of the problem of course is you know sexism and blah 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 but also like when you hit puberty like women grow breasts i'm still waiting for mine but no big deal I know, me um, <laughs> late onset and so i'm hoping to hit puberty any day now sidebar yeah. i fit into my middle school clothing um <laughs> amazing ali ali when you hit puberty your voice is gonna drop like 12 octaves. i know i can't wait i mean there's gonna be an awkward Soup period sock. where it's really cracking all over this podcast but then it's gonna oh, drop guys get ready <laughs> but uh you know so there is something um you know we're, we're told that like i just remember learning in like middle school but maybe this is wrong like you know when you hit puberty you develop your sexual characteristics which for women means they get breasts and their hips widen and for men means their dick grows i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, we're taught that women are sexual beings and, you know, in religion, you know, without going too far into that, like, in certain religions, women have to cover up completely because, like, their foreheads are sexual. Like, anything about a woman is, like, sexual and women are temptresses. (laughs) So there's definitely all of that nonsense, too. 
Um, but the, but I, I I guess to devil's advocate myself, there's also <laughs> an element by which titties are sexual, Ta- and the nipples Ta- that, on that, the titty. Yeah, that okay. So here's here's my question. Let me preface this question by saying I fully agree that we should not um, distinguish between the male and a female nipple. Like I think that it is silly in a modern context, and so we should get away from that, as Taylor said and as you guys said. But let me just ask this question of like, because you kind of brought it up, the the female breast is sexually attractive to most men, that whereas the male nipple or breast is like take it or leave it it seems like for most women is that a false or I bad think, statement i think that if men covered up their nipples and i could never see their nipples my whole life i would probably sexualize their nipples okay that's a that's a fair point that's interesting and i because everybody wants but they can't have sure that's true so, you, well, so, so i guess so the point that you're making is that if if women did not cover their breasts and everyone's breasts were out in the open, we would not sexualize female breasts. Is I'm that not sure? I don't, I don't know. If that's time. true. Hard to say. Well, I, I think guess the point be... about the nipple is that in so many cases, like I've joked about this before, where it's like you can see the whole breast, but when you've seen the nipple, <laughs> totally, totally, right. I agree. You know, with that. women wearing pasties or whatever. So you know, there is this like weird nipple line. There might be something hardwired in how we experience female breasts. I don't I don't know. If you know this research, share it with us. If you know anything about like the sexualization, like and inherently how we sexualize breasts or not. But I agree with you, Ali. Like if breasts were just kind of out in the open, uh, we would totally normalize it. Or if men were to cover their nipples, perhaps we would be into it. But <laughs> I think it's a lot to do with context. I once was walking on the Upper West Side, I guess, wherever the 92nd Street Y is, and that mm-hmm. female activist, one of the Free the Nipple, like the, the most famous one, I, I can't think of her name right now, but she was standing completely topless in like jeans and sneakers just outside of the 92nd Street Y. Do you want to hear and something funny, Jen? Yeah. It was you. I was with you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, was, I was with you, though. Oh, what, that one time that you were <laughs> every single freaking story. <laughs> oh, man. But do you remember, I remember that? You having, like, I actually... I didn't yeah. see it. You were coming to meet me, and I remember you telling me the story, but I did not witness this. Yeah, it was so – it was wild. Like, I mean, I guess we don't see that many men with their shirts off in New York City. We're, we're a bunch of textiles here in this, uh, this city. <laughs> I love that term, by the so way. That is me amazing. too. Yeah, I'm in San Francisco now, and there's a big nudist community here. People are nude all the time, and there's a whole thing, too, about how, like, men – you're allowed to be completely naked except for like the shaft or something. And you'll see dudes walking around with like basically sequin socks on their dicks. <laughs> so there's like this whole, I don't know the ins and outs of it, <laughs> but there's like a whole debate <laughs> in San Francisco about nudity. But what's funny to me is just like, I don't know, it's kind of 60 degrees and windy all the time. Like I, I want to wear clothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I, I'm just 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 to clarify, um, you're saying like throughout the entire city, whatever metro area is designated, like just on the street, or there are certain areas where yeah, you can be street, nude on the street. It happens. So just you're just walking to work, walking to the office one day, and then bam, naked guy. Sequence. I'd say it's primarily yeah. on the Castro. <laughs> uh, okay. well, sure, sure, but I guess okay. I'm I guess I'm asking like legally, you can you can be anywhere in San Francisco. Don't quote me, as always, fact check okay, Allie. Okay, okay. But yeah, yeah, there's a whole, Fair. there is a nudist movement here. And there's something about how it can be like everything but the dick itself. And so you'll see dudes with sequin dicks, otherwise completely naked. Also on Halloween, I saw these guys wearing all kinds of like leather and lace. And their dicks were like in these hammocks. And they were talking to me. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't have a conversation with you because I'm staring at your dick in a hammock. <laughs> you, you did tell me about that. And do you know the rules for women? Like, is it is that is it everything free, free flowing there? No, but like, here's the thing. I just don't think women care as much. Like men like want their dicks out. They like want the world to see their dicks. And the women are just like practical. They're like, I don't know. It's 62 degrees outside. I'm going to put a sweater on. (laughs) And the men are like, my dick needs to be out. Yeah. I'm curious what the line to exhibitionism is with a lot of this. And I forgot to say something to Taylor about that, but I'm sure it's personal for, for each human but again like if you're putting something on a public platform people can see it i just think about the difference between like i think naked gardening sounds awesome but that would be totally like within the you four would. walls of my own garden <laughs> like the four you know, fence walls or whatever but like once you invite other people to watch that is it exhibitionism i think it's a really good point 
I don't I know. I wish you'd asked. Re- really <laughs> I forgot. good point. I forgot. Because yeah. like, b- 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 by all means, be a nudist and and be be nude. Like, if that is what you want to do for your life, that is just a wonderful thing. But the minute you share it with others, and or like you you made the distinction between the compound, Jen, yeah, and the public sphere. So not only are they are they sharing it with other non nudists, but they're sharing it publicly with the world. Yeah, that's a huge a diff- line to cross over, and and I I have no problem with it, but it is different from hey I'm going to be nude with my other nude friends in a closed area because we like it. Mm-hmm. That it, it, those two two things feel different to me, and it's mm-hmm. just very fascinating. Yeah. Totally. I'm sure it's different for different people in the community. Like I love the agenda of promoting the human form and connecting as a community, spreading body positivity, that sort of thing. But I'm sure right, it's a bit of activism, right? Yeah, but I'm sure there are a lot of people who just really want other people to experience their bodies as well. So um, I'm not one of them. (laughs) I mean, like I want to experience others, but I would not put my own out there. (laughs) Right. Well, and then there are also people who identify in that way on the internet, and that could be a different episode. (laughs) But we were looking at something, Jen, about Mm -hmm. there's some Reddit communities where they're like, here's my body, rate it. Like they just, it's the exhibition factor. Um, like totally. A, well, yeah. there's two, right two levels of that. One is rate like I, rate my body, which is just that's weird and fascinating, whatever. But then talking about sexual and non-sexual, then there's of course people who put their bodies on the internet for the express purpose of sexually arousing other strangers, and that's a diff. That's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. it's a next level yeah. thing. Right? Speaking of next level, my friend is an opera singer, and one at the Met. <laughs> And one of her colleagues, she found the girl, the girl has like a sex blog where she like posts photos of her and her boyfriend and videos of her and her boyfriend fucking. And now it's just like oh. awkward because the opera community is like, we've seen you fucking all over the internet and we're all pretending that we haven't passed around this website. Wow. Is it is she actively keeping this up or is this something from her past? Uh, I think there's active upkeep. The, if the well, opera community that's gets the risk you take when you have a sex blog. Well, no, but that's the thing. She's <laughs> putting it crossover. out there for yeah. people to see. There is that exhibition aspect when you put it on the internet, I think. Right. Is she uh, identifying herself by name and or by face? Not or name, was it just like someone like, randomly? Not name, but it's, it's Like you very, can clearly see yeah, who it is. It's very clear. If I... Yeah, there are some very yeah. distinctive features. I've seen it. There's <laughs> <laughs> no way you, there's if you psych- know her. You would know. What? She has, she has a third nipple. Is that what's going on? Just kidding. Yeah, third nipple, yeah. <laughs> um, my third nipple sex blog dot com. <laughs> How um, did you know the name of my blog? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm just wondering if, like, psychologically, there's something about kind of like wanting to get caught. Not get caught. That's a little strong terminal, but like wanting no, other people is, to find it. That is a fetish. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a thing, but uh, wow. but yeah. So we're gonna find we're gonna find like one of our sex guys. We don't have sex blogs. We're sorry to tell you. <laughs> I wish I had a um, sex blog. Honestly, if I had a sex blog, that would mean I was getting laid a lot more. I was doing kinky things. I just talk to other people <laughs> about their kinky things, and I don't have a sex blog. <laughs> the ultimate voyeur This is your sex blog. <laughs> exactly. You're recording it right now. Yeah, this is my sex blog. <laughs> no, but you know, Jen's right. Ultimatevoyeur.com. <laughs> Dot org. I'm going to buy a domain. <laughs> <laughs> Dot org. I'm a nonprofit. All right, guys. We got to nip our way out of here. That's good. Let's nip it up. Okay. I've done better. Let's, uh, All right. Well, Jen and I are going to peen a- our way out of here. <laughs> <laughs> pajazzle our way out. Yes. Um, pajazzling. Matt, have you ever you tried pajazzling? Did, wait, did you just coin that term or is that an established term? I'm not sure. No, no, I think, I forget. I think it was, we've seen photos of We this. made it up? No, oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to Google image it in a moment. Well, I okay. know there was a vajazzling and then one day well, we started right. joking that about is, is, pajazzle. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know well, if it was ours I, or not. I like it all. And uh, that's next week's show. So Great. get ready. Stay tuned for the pajazzler next week. Um, <laughs> I just, to keep uh, in touch with I just us looked this it up <laughs> and Urban Dictionary defines pajazzle as... Dick. <laughs> decorating your penis with Swarovski crystals as to give it a bejeweled look. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's decorating. All right, Ooh, guys. Oh, <laughs> that's way better. Decorating. Yep. That'll be our ticket. <laughs> we just got nasty. Right. Well, we should we just end do. it there because decorating's too good.
<laughs> yeah, you can't top that. Yeah, top that. I'm out. Right, See ya. So you, you can keep <laughs> you can keep in touch with us and like share all your free speech with us on Twitter. Um, I'm oh, at no, don't don't encourage that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Allie Gold. Allie's at. <laughs> okay, she said Allie Gold. Um, you can also email us at 2g1podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. Maybe we'll read it on air. Um, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail. That number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And if you want to join us in a chat room, a la like 1996, but like so much better, it, you can join us on Discord, which is our favorite place to be. It's where all of the 2G1P listeners are finding one another. That URL is discord.gg slash 2G1P. Uh, you can't like Google that and find that. So that is that is the link, guys. Go there. We just told you. If you like listening to this podcast, thank you so much. You have excellent taste. And you can support us over at our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2G1P. You can make a monthly contribution as little as a dollar. And then every month we uh, take it from your bank account. And we'll send you some decorations. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Tweet us a photo of your decoration. Don't do that. Don't do that. Next time a dude on Tinder sends me a dick pic, I'm going to be like, why isn't this decorated? (laughs) And then I'm going to trademark Jinjamula. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Jennifer Damula and Allison Goldberg and slowly undressed, I mean edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing for this episode by Logan Yuri. Production assistance is provided by thepodglomerate.com. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. Tweet this show with the hashtag 2G1P to help spread the word. And be sure to include a naked picture of yourself so we know it's you. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two Two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. (laughs) Your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait. What's the catch? There's no catch. Tune in lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Oh, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.